Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Underwood and Flinch. After Hours. A companion podcast to the Underwood and Flinch saga featuring news, Q&As, and random trivia about the series. Hello, hello, and welcome, listeners, to another episode of Underwood and Flinch After Hours, the news and sometimes chat show that deals with all things Underwood and Flinch. Coming up... Your questions on all things Underwood and Flinch. The UNF story that never was... And what's your favourite TV vampire show? It has to be Underwood and Flinch, right? Stay tuned to find out more. Okay, so all that's to come. But first, what's new in the world of Underwood and Flinch this month, July 2022? Um, not a lot. Uh, I'm busy writing the eighth season of Underwood and Flinch at the moment, and I'm supported in that endeavour by my most excellent patrons at Patreon. So, that's going very well. Um, And I also recorded and podcast three episodes of the Underwood and Flinch Devil of Claverton Question and Answer podcast at Patreon, with Pauline asking the questions sent in by patrons about that book. However, despite my appeal last month for questions from you, listeners, about season three of Underwood and Flinch, or indeed anything else in the saga so far. I didn't get any. No one wrote in. But never mind. Thankfully, some of my patrons did have some questions about the saga in general, so I can play those for you here now. Let's have a listen, shall we? Questions and Answers so shall we move on to another question? Then? Of course, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Uh, this one is from Richard Clymer. Uh, mm-hmm. Richard ha- Again, he's got a few. He's got he? a couple of questions, yeah. yeah. So the first question, I'll read out what he says here. Yeah. He says, if you already have Blood and Smoke available at Amazon and as an e-book as well as at Audible, why isn't it available at lulu.com so that I can get a hardcover book like I have of the original Okay. Yeah, um, that's basically his question. Yeah, he wants he, a physical, durable one for his collection. Yes, okay. Um, why isn't uh, Blood and Smoke available as a hardback, paperback, etc.? Uh, because there's a lot of, um, oh God, complicated stuff to do when you, when you kind of set a book for for like a you know a physical published book you have to get like the the text has to be sort of 
put onto the page in a particular way, typeset. There's a thing called bleed, which is like the the amount of white space around the edge of the pages. Uh, And there are, you know, like Amazon uh, will do all this for you. You you can kind of do it. But Mm. when I say they'll do it for you, there are tools, Mm -hmm. but you have to know how to use them. Uh, And I I don't know how to use them. I don't have a clue about how to uh, typeset uh, an entire book it's much more complicated than an ebook oh yeah, god yeah. yes it's it's infinitely more complex yeah. ebooks are really easy to make but mm. those you know like physical books are extremely complex and you know basically i can't do it uh, i would have to hire somebody to do it and the cost of of doing the book just i wouldn't make it back in sales yeah well you may do at some point in the i may future. do oh no i mean i think yeah. i certainly will bring these out as as hardbacks and paperbacks and all the rest of it and i will pay someone to do it when there's more of a demand mm. but like i i sell no books you know yeah, in, like physical books you mean physical yeah. books yeah. no i don't sell many ebooks at the moment you mm. know i'm people just listen to my stuff mm. but um it's there's there's no real market for them you know, so it's a lot of money to produce something that only a tiny amount of people will be interested in. Mm. And even then, I don't make any money out of the, you know, out of the, the books themselves because they tend to be so expensive because the print on demand process is like, you know, say, for example, you've got like a, a, a publishing house has got a, a book by Stephen King. Mm. They're going to go to the they're going to go to the printers and say, right, we want, you know, a couple of million copies of this, please. Per item. You know, mm-hmm. th- that's going to be pretty cheap in terms yeah. of the books because it's such a big bulk order. Yeah. But print on demand, it's like one book. Yeah, it's kind of bespoke almost. A bespoke yeah. book. And, and it, it costs a lot to print it. A lot mm. of, you know, you've got the ink, the paper, the, the cover, the cover ink, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, and it costs a lot of money. Yeah, uh, scale- it's not really kind of scalable in that way. Exactly. Suppose, yeah. So it's just, I, and then for that reason, my profit margin on those books is like tiny. I make a few bucks. Mm. Well, you know, when some publishing house comes on their hands and knees begging you for a contract, then <laughs> one, you can do it. You one know? day, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, That'll happen one day, Michael. Okay. One, one day. I'll move on to And last question from Maya. This is actually not really to do with um, Underwood and Flinch. It's yeah. more to do with Hall of Mirrors. She okay. said, uh, you had quite a long run of Hall of Mirrors. Do you ever miss the short form of that kind of storytelling? And are there other little stories scratching in your brain to get told? Or are you exclusively Underwood and Flinch now? Um, I'm exclusively Underwood and Flinch now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I do miss, you know, writing short stories and, and that kind of discipline. I, I sometimes would like to do things like, you know, the drabbles and the, the flash fiction, which I think is a thousand words, mm. and short stories in general. But um, I'm I'm so involved with Underwood and Flinch at the moment, like right now, um, structuring this massive book. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a massive book. But there's so much to get in. Yeah, you know? well, it's like... A, uh, just from my experience of, um, you know, what I know of it so far, yeah. it's almost like there's a series of, you know, there's all these stories intermeshed. So yeah. There are kind of like, almost like short stories and novellas. But they're not short. It. But they're not short. <laughs> they're all part of the fabric of the big thing. They're all different stories and mm. there's some really, in, really, really interesting things going to happen in this new book. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. And, it's a, um, it's a good one. And we'll hear uh, the first of those now. The question comes from Dead Hippie. Here we go. Hey, Mike, this is Dead Hippie from a small town outside of Vancouver, Canada, and I had a few questions about the UNF saga. 
First off, uh, when David gets his letter from the solicitors and gets drunk and starts playing the music, is the angry neighbor knocking on his door really Mandy from your other book, After the Plague? Um, huh, yeah, I can see why you might think that, but the answer is no, uh, I don't believe she is. Uh, this is just because um, at that time, because, you know, the, the, it's the pink velour track, so, you know, um, there, there was uh, the, the woman, the neighbour had one in Underwood and Flinch and then Mandy had one in... Um, after, after the plague, the plague. Right. this was because they were just you know when I was I was out sort of you know going around Sainsbury's or whatever when I was out shopping in in the UK I would often see pink velour <laughs> tracksuits uh, and I just thought yeah they they do, I, I I found them quite visually striking and thought uh, mm. that's interesting and and yeah. so they just kind of popped into my stories <laughs> here and there. Yeah. If it had been a pair of jeans, it wouldn't have been comment-worthy, would yeah, it? No, but it's just a very specific <laughs> pink velour. I know. Yeah. The truth is I want one. Yeah, well, yeah. I think I'd look. It. I think I'd look great in a pink well, velour tracksuit. Mm. Christmas coming up in about Ooh. six months' time, you know. Yeah. We can get you one, maybe. If play you, my cards, right? You play your cards, right? Yeah. yeah. You never know. Okay, next question then. Next off, during the resurrection of Underwood... Uh, Lydia constantly accuses David of killing Beltran when he really actively tried to save his life. So I wonder why he never stood up for himself against that. Uh, th the reason for this is because in Lydia's mind, David did kill Beltran. This is because David changed the plan. Mm. The plan was to use human sacrifice. And David said, no, we'll do it this way. You know, yeah. we need volunteers, you know, blood donors. Uh, and Beltran became one of those donors. And consequently, thanks to David's change of plan, Beltran died. So David, and you know, whilst David tried to save Beltran at the time, mm. in the moment, he understands why Lydia is is accusing yeah. him. Because um, it wouldn't have happened in the first place. If yeah, they'd stuck it, it, to Beltran, the plan. Beltran wouldn't be dead yeah. if if he hadn't interfered with their plans. That's mm -hmm. why she's accusing him, and mm -hmm. that's why he's taking that accusation. Right. So my thanks again to the patrons who supplied those questions. That was going to be the end of the Q&A section of this podcast, but a new question came in from a patron yesterday morning, and it relates to the first book, so I can feature that on this podcast as well. I did a recording yesterday where I answered the question on my own, uh, and I was going to use that here, but today... Uh, I had Pauline around, so uh, it's always much better, you know, when she does the asking. So I got her behind the mic and we did it again. And so here's that recording instead. It's much better. And you're going to ask me a question from Christopher Crouch. Yes. yes, yes, we have a question from Christopher. And the question is as follows. OK, uh, a question that's occurred to me from the first novel of Underwood and Flinch. Chris mm -hmm. says, yeah. on entering John's room in Casa Underwood on David's return to Spain, you described the photos of close family members of John's, noting mm. David was glad there wasn't a picture of Lord Underwood. I've just remembered there was mention of a young boy who David didn't know or recognise, which leads to my question. Has John got a son somewhere who's too young to be a guardian, but who could, in theory, enter the Underwood and Flinch saga in the future? See, this is a good question. Mm. This is, uh, I don't know if people can't remember. It was when, it was. I think it was just after John had died and David was in his room and he was looking at some photographs around the room. Could be before John died, but I think it was after. And um, 
you know, he was looking, who's this, who's that? Oh, there's mm. me, there's Lydia, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and there was a there's a picture of a boy and uh, David didn't recognise the kid. He'd never seen the picture before. Now, what this was, was when I was writing the book, I I thought, you know, it's not inconceivable that if ever this gets published, mm. because in 2008 it was before the whole thing with, you know, authors not published by publishing houses being able to publish their own ebooks at Amazon mm. um, the only way to any significant kind of publishing success was by being published by a publisher there was no other way the end um, so uh, I thought if ever I get published if it's a success if the book's a success and there may be a demand for uh, a sequel um, I need to have something in the story that I can come back to mm. you know and say well you know there's that thing, uh, and I can sort of build nice. a sequel from that, and that's what that picture was. All right. Uh, that that picture isn't a picture of uh, at least. Let me put it this way: it wasn't a picture of of any any child of John's. Right. Uh, it was in fact mm. um, an entirely hypothetical. This is entirely hypothetical. But it was just there in case. Mm -hmm. I must stress this is not canon. This is not a fact in the story. Okay. It was just a possibility in just in case. Right. The boy in the picture is Lydia's son. <gasps> <laughs> what? Is Lydia is Lydia's son and the the father is David. What? <laughs> this is one of those da, da, I know. I know. This is this is you know there was the, in the story there is the uh, there is that kind of incestuous element between David and Lydia in their past. They had um, a brief um, relationship when they were teenagers, mm. and it ended badly. She seduced him. It ended badly, and it was part of you know part of the sort of the the source of the poison between them. Right. And, um, and you know, they, they kind of went their separate ways and that was it. They, they never kind of uh, really got back together mm. again, you know, after that in Spain or anything. And um, the idea here, that's why that's in there. You, you know, people mm. might think, well, why is this, why, why, why bother with that sort of half-brother and mm. sister kind of incest thing going on? This is why. Right. This, okay. this, yeah. this, this was the, the idea was that if ever there was a demand from like a, a publisher for a sequel uh, and and I needed material to come back to, like a, a whole new story, mm. this could be it. Uh, after, they, after they had their, their tryst, their, their little romance thing, which was never really very romantic, it, it mm. was a, she, she basically played with him, she, she, toyed with him you know she she did bad things with him because she wanted to right you know what i mean okay. but he was he was a, you know he's a teenage boy and you know it's he's, he's a couple of years younger yeah though, he's he, he, yeah. he's easy prey right uh and so anyway what happened was um when, when they split up you know they kind of went their separate ways he went back to england and she was staying on there in spain for a bit and she discovered that she was pregnant and I never really got into the where's and why falls of, of what happened after that. But the, mm. the, 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 the long and the short of it is that she had the child, mm. but because she was not 
ideal mother material and um because she she couldn't not have the child because mm. she was carrying um a flinch you know she was yeah. she was carrying a flinch and it was a male and so you know that that was it there was no alternative so she she carried the child's term and when it was born it was um adopted out to a couple right within the sect and the idea was that they would raise the child mm -hmm. uh within within the tradition uh as a flinch and he would ultimately um perhaps depending on who lived and who died mm. in the flinch line uh become guardian right you know um and it was all going tickety boo lydia was forbidden contact with him nice uh harsh, but yeah uh, i know it's harsh but um it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's a way of things it's, in yeah. that world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think she kind of wanted that as well. Mm. You know, I never really, I never focused on it because yeah. it was yeah. just an idea. The mm. idea was I'd come back and yeah. work it all out later. But anyway, uh, the the story went that the as the as the little boy grew, the adoptive parents who were within the sect kind of got cold feet, mm. and they didn't want the boy whose name was Sebastian. They didn't want the boy to basically uh, fulfil his destiny. They mm. didn't want him to grow up in such a dangerous, murderous, evil environment. Right. Um, you know, because they, they loved him. Yeah. It's all very well and good, I suppose, thinking, oh, yes, he's going to be servant to Underwood, mm. isn't it glorious? When you love a child, you know, and you, you don't want mm. the child to die, you yeah. know, because it is extremely hazardous yeah. work, you it know, is. and... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They did. They didn't want that for him. Yeah, health so, and safety. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they went. They disappeared, and oh, they okay. and they took the child with them. Right. And the sect could never find them. Mm. And so uh, the boy grew up to to have a normal life. And okay. It was it was all well and good. And then, in the in when we pick up from, you know, the end of Underwood and Flinch one. Mm -hmm. The first thing Lydia does, because now there's no more kind of constraints on her. Mm. John's gone, Arthur's yeah. gone, Martin is gone, David is irrelevant. Mm. Uh, and so what she does is she she goes to to um, to Casa Underwood and she gets all the records pertaining to mm -hmm. Ma, uh, to Sebastian, and she basically sets off to where she knows that the parents last were. Right. And then using the power of fascination, mm -hmm. she's able to track them down. But the journey takes, because I forgot to say they, that the, the, the couple were um, in America. They were in New York State. Okay. Just outside of New York City in um, Hastings on the Hudson. Oh, right. I That's, didn't know any of this. This, this is where, this this is, oh yeah, this is where they yeah. were going to live. Because we'd been there, yeah, you know, and, it's lovely <laughs> and so there, I, I, I had some geographical <laughs> awareness of the place. Um, and so she would go there and she would pick up their trail and the trail would lead her across the country and she would eventually find the parents and she would mm -hmm. eventually find the boy. Um, that, that was the idea. And her objective would be to turn him into a vampire mm -hmm. so they could be together forever kind of thing whether he wanted to or not. Right. And whether she loved him or not. Mm. The point was, you know, he's hers. He was taken away and she's jolly well going to take him back. Yeah, she's a bit of a, I suppose, a bit of a sociopath. Oh, yeah, just a bit, yeah. just a bit. <laughs> um, but, of course, it, does, it doesn't go quite so smoothly because David also finds out 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you know, he's mortified because he had no idea of any of this. This was all a complete surprise to him. Right. Um, and he goes out, and uh, it's a kind of a going across America sort of thing. She and he in different times, oh, okay. places, yeah. ways, and yeah. they would eventually find Sebastian. Who found him first? I don't know. Uh, who got to him first? Who I don't know. Well, I never, yeah, I never worked it all out. I, yeah. That was just what the idea behind it was. It worked a fair bit of it out, considering like from one little photo. Well, that in, yeah, in because story, I just thought yeah, that you know that would be that would be well, it was the yeah. idea was that it would be a novel, yeah. um, and and that that that's basically who he was, and that's why I put him in there. Yeah, I presume that story's not going ahead. No, no, no. It's a that, story. It's, it's it's actually really it's not canon, you know. So don't look at that. You know, when you listen to the story or read the story, don't look at that and say, "Oh yeah, that's Lydia's son. Lydia has a son." No, she doesn't. That was an idea for a different timeline, for a different kind of parallel universe yeah. that never came into being. Yeah. So. Uh, it, it doesn't exist. It didn't happen, but I left it in there. That little scene with the with the mm. with the with the photograph, because at the time I, I wrote the book, I, I thought it might well. one day. Because I hadn't, I hadn't, um, I hadn't worked out blood and smoke and underground. That was all. Mm. That all came much much later. Yeah. So basically, when I got to the the place of 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 writing a sequel. I looked back at that option and thought, no, I like I like Blood and Smoke and Underground better. I'm going to go this way. Wow. So I left the picture in, and it could be anything. You know, as Christopher says, it could be a, a, yeah. a, a son or a child of John's. It could be mm. it could be a son or a child of Martin's, and indeed, yeah, it could be a son, uh, child of of Lydia's. I, I, it's unknown. Well, Christopher, little did you know, you just scratched the surface there. And yeah, yeah. I'm going to mix up loads of metaphors now of cans of worms have opened <laughs> up. And, you know, wow. Yeah, that's a, that was a very good question. I bet you weren't expecting that because I knew that there was uh, that that was there was a question. There was a question there that there might be some. But I didn't realise you had it all worked out to that extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, you know, it was, it was a possibility. Yeah, yeah. A possibility that I didn't take up. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's, I think when, when I looked at it, I just, uh, I, I couldn't research it, you mm. know, because we, when I started Blood and Smoke, I was living in Ireland. Um, or was I living in, were we back in, uh, were we back in England? I think we might have been back in England. Back in England. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um with with blood and smoke and underground, I didn't have to go anywhere to do mm, yeah. to, to, to do any sort of on the ground research. If I needed to go up to London, I'd go up to London. Mm. If uh, if I need if I wanted to go to the Caribbean in the 18th century or the the 17th century, I can just you know read a book about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. the end of it. You know, yeah. no one's going to say, "Oh, you've clearly never been yeah. to to 17th century Jamaica, Mike." You yeah. know, I know, I live there, and you've got it all wrong, mate. You know, yeah. whereas if with America, you can't sort of, you know, have have action taking place in New York and yeah. saying they went down here and they did this. And some, someone's going to say, no, Mike, that's not there. You've got it all wrong. Yeah, you can't really wing it, can you? No. Like- <laughs> and, and certainly you know, if the action moved across America as I wanted it to, uh, again, I, I would have to physically do that. Road trip. Road trip. We'd have to do a road trip. That yeah. would have been good. It would have been good. It would have been good. But again, we couldn't, when, when the time to write a sequel came around, 
you know, we both had to, to work day jobs. Yeah. You know, we had no to, time for road trips. No time for road trips. You got yeah. your day job. You got, you're, you're committed yeah. to that. You can't get the time off work. Yeah. You can't, you certainly didn't have the money. Oh, yeah, the money. I forgot about that bit. Yeah. But it, it, it's one of those things. Had there been a publishing deal, had it been a really successful book and et cetera, et cetera, then yeah, it would have been easy. Yeah. But uh, alas, no. Well, you know, maybe some time in the future but no but you can't go down <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't really want to go that no, route no. I, and I, I do want to stress uh, that again yeah, really yeah it's a completely different yeah it's, it's another universe it's a parallel universe yeah. Underwood and Flinch and, yeah. it, and it did not happen yeah sure I could cut that I could cut the picture out you know yeah. I, could, I could go back rewrite the scene because it's my book you know yeah. no one's it doesn't belong to a publisher it's not yeah. I could just go back and change it. It's just interesting. But I don't want to. I, I wonder, you know, other books I've read, if there's things like that and never people put things in and mm. then they kind of, you know, and they've got a whole thing worked out in their head about like that particular point in the story, if it goes in that direction. And yeah. then it never just goes in that direction. Yeah. Like all these alternative universes. That's very and that's interesting. And that's what Sebastian is. Yeah. He's, he's a little, a window yeah. into a story that never was. Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. well, Christopher, thanks very much for that question. That was a really good one. Yeah, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pauline, I know you have to go. You've got uh, you've got things you yeah, need to I do. Yeah, I can't be sitting around here chit chatting to the likes of you. No, indeed. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, thank you, and yeah. uh, oh, a pleasure as always. All righty. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I'll get back to um, to the rest of this podcast. Thank okay. you. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. And so finally, then, ladies and gentlemen. What is your favourite vampire television series? Is it True Blood? The Strain? Buffy the Vampire Slayer? The Vampire Diaries? Or maybe Vampires? Or Nos for R2? There are so many to choose from, aren't there? And yet all of them lack one thing. They're not Underwood and Flinch. For Underwood and Flinch is not a television series. At least, not yet. That may change one day, because I can now reveal that Underwood and Flinch has been optioned for production as a major television series. I'm so excited! Yes, yes, of course you are. Take two of these and go and lie down. Now, before you go popping the champagne corks, like you would, uh, that's kind of for me to do, isn't it? And, and, and I'm not even doing that. But, 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 but anyway, before you go getting all excited, um, I have to say it is just an option. Now, that means that a television company now has the exclusive option of developing Underwood and Flinch as a television series. Ultimately, they may not, but they do have the option. Now, this, of course, happens to a lot of books and stories, and most of the time, the option just expires and the show never gets made. That's what happens nine times out of ten, or maybe 99 times out of 100. I don't know exactly. I did read it somewhere, but I can't remember. But the point is, we shouldn't get too excited just yet. I know I'm always trying not to, uh, but you never know, do you? Because whether it's one in ten or one in a hundred, that still means one does get made. And maybe that one will be Underwood and Flinch. So, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for Underwood and Flinch, the television series, and I hope you will be crossing your fingers for it too. Stay tuned to this podcast feed, and I'll keep you posted. 
Okay, well, I guess that brings us to the end of our little podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully next time we'll be able to get Pauline on and she can chat to me about something or other. I don't know what. Uh, but if you've got any questions you'd like to ask, then do please send them in to me, Mike at MikeBennettAuthor.com and I'll pass them on to Pauline to read out to me on the show. And do state that it, it, is, a, it is a question for the show and uh, not just a random question for me because if you ask me a random question, I will just answer it in the email. Um, yeah, but, but that's about it for now. Um, all very exciting about the television series, isn't it? Goodness, yes. Um, and as I say, I'll keep you posted on that. But from me for now, until the moon rises again over Underwood and Flinch after hours, thank you for listening. And farewell. The music you're listening to is Rolling at Five by Kevin McLeod. To find out more, visit incomptech.com. Links in the show notes for this episode at mikebannettauthor.com. Hello, listener. Great news. Now you can buy Underwood and Flinch merch. Yes, what better way to share your enthusiasm for Underwood and Flinch than by wearing it in one of our fine range of t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies. And that's not all. There are UNF bedspreads, shower curtains, phone cases, mugs and many more things you didn't know you needed, including button badges. So, something to suit all budgets. Want to impress your friends? Wear UNF. Wow, nice t-shirt, man. What the f*** is Underwood and Flinch? I'm happily single. Attract the curious attention of the opposite sex. Oh, you look so hunky in that t-shirt. But what the f*** is Underwood and Flinch? And if you already have that special someone in your life, and you want to give them a gift that I guarantee no one else will have, then give them UNF with love. Oh, darling, what a lovely t-shirt. But what the f*** is Underwood and Flinch? Ha ha ha. So, don't delay. Check out the range of Underwood and Flinch merchandise at redbubble.com today. Or just follow the shop links at my websites, underwoodandflinch.com or mikebennettauthor.com and order your merch today. Warning may contain the need to explain what the f*** Underwood and Flinch is. Huh. <sighs>